0: Nightmare is over Aaron Rodgers is sticking with the Green Bay Packers and I know Danny Mack has been waiting on bated breath to figure out where he was going to go. Is he even going to play? Well, his kids, too. Now they can sleep well at night. Finally, it has been a long, disastrous situation for the Danny Mack household. Dan joining us via the Brown and Crippin Celebrity Line. Dan, are you you happy to hear the news that Aaron Rodgers is going to be back and likely going to finish his career with the Green Bay Packers?
1: Absolutely thrilled. Uh, I don't know if I could be any more happy. I had two instant, uh, instances last night that weren't great for my family. One, Doug the dog, was up all night. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, he's changing his sleeping pattern for some unbeknownst reason to Aaron
0: Rodgers, he yeah. was trying to figure out the news, too. He's to waiting him. to find yeah. out the nightmare. And,
1: you know, amazingly, Aaron Rodgers got more money and extra years to stay. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> I really didn't. And just he like stays Murray, I just didn't see what that was all about until I found out he wanted more money. I just, you know, you, you you dive into it, guys, and you start looking at it. Why would why would particular athletes want to leave the situations they want to leave? And then, oh, at the end of the day, it's about more money. Got it? And Dan, and It's just it's flooring. It it, it really is. And it's Dan, shocking. Rogers stays
2: yeah. with Shailene Woodley, so the relationship's intact too. We think we're not sure on that no. one. No, it's fine. They're good.
1: All's Didn't healthy. And they go to uh, they they went to some. Uh, reception or something didn't they yeah
2: they were at a wedding together you know it's post Aaron yeah. Rodgers' seven-day cleanse everything's going right Twelve now. day a 12-day cleanse my god of doing damn, that this nonsense. has been a rough couple of weeks
1: man I, I just I hope now this will put the kids to rest tonight and tonight at the dinner table we'll talk about it. you know we'll talk about how you make yourself the center of attention in sports and you too can become a person with an extension of $200 million.
0: Yeah, after you're canceled, you can win the NFL's MVP and you can get a $200 million uh, contract. It really is an unbelievable thing. Dan, what do you want to talk about with baseball, man?
1: That I hope they're back. Maybe we'll get some good news today. Uh, I know we have these schedule to hit, so I'm always relying on you guys to come with The latest and greatest information because i know it's at your fingertips i feel like it's a it's Um, a
0: broken record is the thing that sucks like i i would love to talk to you about the new stuff that has come up in negotiations but i don't feel like anything has changed in the negotiations really since last week do you do you agree with that
1: yeah i mean you pretty much know where these guys stand and you know I, i guess the only thing that you have that you say is good is that the the commissioner didn't come out the other day even though there, there were some that were on the record saying, well, we're at a deadlock, that he didn't make it as an impasse. And then you get into the, the jargon of what that means. Um, the bottom line is, at this point, you know you pretty much know what you're going to get and how far these guys are going to go. Uh, I guess you still have leverage with missing games and missing checks. Obviously, that's a big part of negotiations and this leverage that uh, both sides are playing. But it's a game of chicken, it seems like right now, and you, you kind of have an understanding of where both are. and just sign a deal. and Let's go. You know, it's, 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 it's ludicrous at this point. It's embarrassing.
2: Dan, the topic amongst these conversations has been the, the new rules that I guess have been agreed upon or not agreed upon with major league baseball. I'm not really sure with this, but the big one that everyone's talking about is banning of the shift. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I'm all about it. I think they need to do it. I I've been on this bandwagon. I mean, BK, you and I were talking about this. And I remember specifically when we had Andy Van Slyke on the show, remember that we Mm -hmm. got, we got deep into what we, you know, we think about the shift and he seemed to not be in favor of banning it. I I am, I'm totally in favor of banning it. You know, I thought the Stark article, which I'm sure you referenced a number of times had just some great numbers in there, you know, nearly nine times as many shifts last year than there were in 2013. There are almost 25,000 more balls that were hit into a shift last year than in just three years prior to that. It's, it's eliminated a lot of left-handed batters. We saw that firsthand with Matt Carpenter. 51% of all balls put in play last year, if you don't include the home runs, were hit into a shift. I, I, and I know there's some data that would fight that the other way and say, I'm telling you, there's aren't, those aren't going to be base hits. It might be a slight uptick in base hits. I don't care. I'm fine with that. And I don't know why baseball has been so slow to adapt to moving with the times. I mentioned this with Randy and, and Michelle yesterday. You know, football does it. Basketball's done it. Other sports adapt with the times. Players getting bigger, better, stronger, uh, maybe make the dimensions different, eliminate certain aspects of their game. And I, I, I don't know why we get so uptight about doing this with baseball. We need to just move with the times. It's a different game, they're different athletes. I think you got to do something to make the game more entertaining, and I do think that this will help.
0: Dan, it's interesting because we talked about this yesterday, and I, I said the funny thing about the banning the shift discussion is I think it has become a like traditionalist versus moving to a modern era yes. argument. Agreed. The weird thing for me, Dan, is I think that the – the irony in the argument is that the game becomes more traditionalist if you actually ban the shift. Right. Like that, that That's what's so weird to me is I, I do think if you decide to do this, it places more emphasis on defense at second base. So guys like Tommy Edmond become more prevalent again, whereas guys like Mike Moustakis become less likely to be able to get away with playing at second base because it's harder to hide them defensively there. I, I just... I think that the game that we are watching becomes more traditionalist if you decide to do this, but the rule change that would re- it would require is not traditionalist in any way.
1: Now, do I think we're going back to whitey ball? No. No, of course. Um, do I think that we, you know, people will say, well, just hit against the shift or bunt against the shift? These are the best in the world at what they do. And one of the things that I've come to the conclusion of watching games is either one, these kids are never taught to bunt. So they never bunt in little league, high school, college, which very well could be the case, minor leagues, because it's a game of power and you're not paid for moving a runner over. I understand that. Or another thing may be is that it's really hard to bunt against Jordan Hicks and Giovanni Gallegos and Matthew Libertor and these guys all all throw mid to high 90s. And it's tough to do it with sinking action and great movement. It's just not an easy thing to do. I am fascinated, though, and I, I mentioned this yesterday with, uh, with Randy Michelle. I think we're going to have a wave of players that will come into Major League Baseball. Nolan Gorman already I've talked to him about it, has dealt with this in the minor leagues, and he dealt with it in, you know, going to these top prospect uh, you know, camps, if you want to call them that, and tournaments, in uh, playing as one of the elite players in the country, where he dealt with the shift. So I do wonder if there's a wave of players that are coming into the league that have dealt with this and can handle it and have learned to adapt. When you have Joey Gallo and Matt Carpenter and some others that didn't deal with this in the beginning of their careers, and now you're asking them to do this at the major league level, it's tough to do it. It's tough to adapt. Freddie Freeman's had issues with it, and he's one of the best players in the league. So I wonder if that new wave of player, though, is going to be able to adapt a little bit better than maybe the older player or the veteran player that has had to deal with it and to see this come into the game as they're playing major league baseball where others may be dealt with it at a a younger uh, level and age and are, are better suited to handle this.
2: Dan, getting away from the negotiations and talking about a little bit more positive things, because there is a camp going on in Jupiter for the young players, the rookie players who gets you excited among these guys. I know everybody brings up the Jordan walkers, the Nolan Gorman's, the Matthew Libetors, but is there somebody under the radar that gets you excited?
1: Yeah, I think, like, an Alec Burleson would be a guy that I'd want to watch and has a chance to to make this team, or if not make the team, at least be a factor this year. Um, certainly that's a guy. Juan Yepes is the other one. I, I think those are two guys I'd be very interested in watching. Michael McGreevy is another one, the, the first-round pick of last year, um, and I think that that's an interesting guy, a strike thrower that really wasn't all that great. In, and now, again, it was very, very limited and a lot of backfields work when he was signed and and then eventually got a few innings in. Wasn't great, but he throws strikes. And I think the guy I'm really interested in, maybe more than ever, is Zach Thompson. And I I bring him up because the Cardinals, in terms of depth, position players pretty darn good because of the players we all just mentioned. But when you look at depth from the left side, specifically like a bullpen guy, and it could be Matthew Liberatore uh, making his major league debut coming out of the bullpen, very well could happen but Zach Thompson had a really up and down season last year and then went to the Arizona fall league and something clicked. And this is a top pick out of Kentucky from a few years ago. That's got really good stuff. It's a matter of controlling the strike zone and really ultimately throwing strikes. His walk rate is very, very high, but in the Arizona fall league, something happened where he was an all-star there pitching against some, some of the top talent in the minor leagues and top prospects. And um, it was very, very good. So that could be a guy to watch out for this year if he's got it put together in this spring training.
0: Dan, I, maybe the answer is Alec Burleson, but if there's somebody that's down there right now at this camp where there none of the 40-man roster guys are down there yet that has a chance to be able to make the Cardinals' opening day 28-man roster, if they decide to expand it,
1: who do you think that would be? I'd, I'd probably have to go pitching, wouldn't you think? Um, because if you're going to expand – the The mindset for me behind that is we we need to protect our pitching, make sure they're built up somewhat properly if we're going to go into a four week spring training whenever that happens and starters may not go deep some starters may not be healthy we don't know coming off of injury. so if I'm thinking that, I'm thinking maybe Matthew Libertor, you know if he if he puts together a good camp is he somebody that gives you uh, a chance to be a left-handed arm coming out of that bullpen and, will be built up as a starter and can give you multiple innings, which is something to think about. I think those are the type of players that you got to be watching for in all these camps across baseball because if they expand rosters, to me the idea would be if you're doing that, you're there to protect the pitching and you're going to carry more pitching than maybe position players.
0: He's Danny Mack. Cardinals broadcaster for Bally sports Midwest. Hopefully we'll see him on the games very soon. Also check out his work. The scoops with Danny Mac podcast. It's can't miss stuff each and every Wednesday. He's got the Wednesdays with Walden's. He's got Benfred Fred Fridays, which I always love hearing. Uh, Dan will be listening over there. We'll hopefully be watching you soon on Bally sports Midwest. And we'll be catching up with you each and every Tuesday throughout. Well, I- until we get back to baseball here in the not too distant future, hopefully.
1: We still we still pack it with info, fellas. That's right. It's Amen still good. That. That's right. It's all good. That's what we're here for. Hopefully,
2: Aaron Rodgers will just keep divvying <laughs> out the topics for us, Danny Mac.
0: Oh, what are
1: you guys going to talk about now, oh, man? We, nothing. Good question. Dan. Game over now. Good Dan. Question. Lots of blues. We well, got blues tonight. We yeah, got the blues of course. tonight. Dan. Bennington and goal is uh, the update was given by the great Tanner. Yeah, and a and, new uh, and a new looking fourth line, Dan. That's right. And I will be tuned in to you, and uh, I get all my info from you, and then I'll be flipping back and forth, radio and TV, to support everybody in this great media community that we have in the Gateway City.
2: God bless you, Dan.
1: Dan, we'll talk with you next week, my man. Okay, God bless.